But we love having people back on for a second time. And, I, you know, we have stuff we want to talk about. But, you know, the groundwork has been laid. Your episode's out there from, you know, last year. And actually, when you came on, I remember sitting – I was at a conference, and I was sitting on a floor of a, like, convention center in Boston. And it was before you had launched the watch traps, before you had any celebrities on your channel outside of, you know, me and, and Christian and those people. <laughs> you got the celebs. Uh, but it's – yeah, but it's been great to to see you grow, and we just want to catch up with you on what you've been up to and where you're going, and you know we'll just basically roll from there because uh, it's been great to see you Appreciate grow. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. So a lot of change since last year. A lot of change since last year for sure. Yeah. So I I would like to just start with like you know you launched your watch straps, and that was your first way to like bring something into the world uh, other than videos, and it seems like you know your channel has just grown kind of in concert with with that growth and. You've kind of leveraged it, and it's uh, been pretty cool to see. But what was it like bringing the watch straps out? Yeah, I think it's an interesting dynamic in comparison to content. You know, when you're selling a product, it's you're thinking about it from a totally different angle. Uh, getting the product that people are going to enjoy, also getting an infrastructure and variety of product that you can offer up that people are going to want, and then just thinking as well for me. And I mean, getting into more product is something I'm planning. I don't want to uh, give any secrets away, but I have something really pl big planned for the rest of the year. Uh, but thinking about how can you diversify? How can you bring a unique value proposition with something as simple as watch straps? I think it was a good learning experience. It was the lowest barrier to entry to kind of just get another, uh, uh, just kind of revenue stream for myself in. But I mean, it, if anything else, it's just understanding how do you deal with that customer relationship? How can you continue to provide value? And then how can you diversify with this? So many just other things out there in terms of noise, very similar to content, but in terms of the delivery standpoint, it is a little bit different in how you're selling product, moving product, and that whole dynamic of balancing out inventory and uh, distribution. So, well, well, also from a time perspective too, it's like you have to sure. write videos, you have to shoot them, you have to think about customer service and shipping. Because like I, I ordered my watch strap when they launched and it's like, it's all handwritten. At that point, it was handwritten uh, addresses and labels yeah. and everything and, and kind of scaling that up too. So it's like, how do you divide your time between each of them? Yeah, you, you made a joke to me on Instagram like, dude, why are you writing all the things? And you're right. I think that is a huge thing as well is like, how can you scale your time? And the quickest answer for that, and I think you guys battle it just the same thing I'm battling, is your time is, becomes more and more valuable. You have to really analyze where you are the most valuable as an individual for getting to where you need to go and ultimately where you're at currently. And how can you leverage that more going in the future? Is it hiring more people? Is it just shifting away from certain initiatives that you're doing? That's something I think about all the time. Something I think about all the time. Yeah, I heard somebody phrase this like, as your business grows, you want to try to identify those $500 an hour tasks and eventually those $5,000 an hour tasks and, and try to focus on doing those and hiring people to do the, the other stuff. But obviously much, much easier said than done. For sure. And I mean, you have to find, I mean, in my case, the answer was, of course, specifically finding where I'm the most valuable, but also just finding the right people, you know, find the people that can help me and position them in an area. Like right now, you know, there's, you know, three other people working on this full time alongside me. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's been huge. It's been huge for leveraging my time and just what I think I probably do the best, which is more curating the content, you know, doing a lot of the writing and kind of the creative direction of everything and kind of being that face rather than it is, you know, even shooting a lot of the product things and, and product shots. And that, for me, I probably could chug somebody in. The editing, I could have somebody come in that could do even a better job than I can. So uh, having those realizations with yourself and being able to let go sometimes is, is really useful. It's really useful. And it was for me. 
Well, you also did it very quickly because you went from, you know, you started off and I remember you had a couple of style videos and then you found your footing with the watches and then you really leaned into that. And that's where you saw like just the rapid growth and subscribers and, and views and everything. And you probably had to, you know, it's like building the ship as you're sailing along and bringing those people on too. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's, you have to kind of delay that instant gratification. Cause I think for a lot of us and, and for me too, it's just like, all right, how can I provide for myself and how can I make a living with, you know, doing something that I like, which is content. But I had to, you know, make the tough decision instead of like, you know, you know really paying myself a lot first. It's like, how can I get people in position to, to allow things to scale quicker? So I'm always thinking about that, battle against instant gratification for myself. And like, I'm of course in a good position where I don't have any kids and things of that nature where I can you know, leverage, you know, what we've created here to kind of build a nice core with the team. And I, I get more excitement out of that than just kind of building up uh, just myself, even though my, my channel's name is myself. I think that just happened by accident. Um, but I think that's something I really think about constantly is, you know, where really do you want to ultimately go? What's the quickest way to go there? Sometimes to do that, you have to really eat last in a lot of ways. So that's something that I always think about as well. And if you just always have to think about that upwards trajectory, and I ask myself every single day, am I in alignment? Am I in alignment with where I need to be in terms of my organization, in terms of everything that I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis, every action? Is this a growth action for me to take? And how can I get people around me that can help support that? So that's just kind of the self-introspection that I'm always taking a thought about in everything I do. So in the, and I like that. Uh, what does Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last? So uh, in the last yep. year, though, you did a Switzerland trip. You did a Bob's Watches mm -hmm. partnership. The Facebook group is, mm -hmm. is growing mm -hmm. and active and everything. Like, what do you think in the last year? What was your highlight and what was, like, your low light? Um, I mean, the highlight, I, I don't know if there's a necessarily a highlight, but it is interesting how there's just a few decisions that really do, and you guys probably the same way, and anybody that I think is trying to strive for something, you notice that there's, of course, the little steps you take every single day that help get you to where you need to go. But if you look back in hindsight, I mean, there's only probably three things that you did that really were impactful. If I'm looking at everything, like since launching the channel, there's probably three things that I did well. One was post the first video. I was posting the first video. That was a huge one. Uh, I mean, I think another one that was really good was, I mean, this upcoming movement stuff that I'm doing, and that's another big thing. And just, and then also like these celebrity things, like the interviews, I think were great. Like those three different scenarios were probably the biggest thing. In terms of a low light, you know, I don't know if there's necessarily a low light, but there's always just like certain points where, you know, you, you know, you could do better. I think with some of the straps and what I did was I, I mean, some of the, like the product that I was offering wasn't necessarily a product that I created or I was in directly in conversation with the manufacturer. I think one of the issues that I was having is I had somebody help because as you brought up, like it's hard to scale. So I had somebody help with fulfillment. Uh, they weren't doing it to the standard that I wanted. So I had to pull back. So a lot of like the offering that I have now is going to be much less than what it was at, at its peak. And that was just for the sake that, hey, I, I know my brand's important to me. If I'm having poor customer service, I can't have that be a representation of me. So I'd say that was a low light, but it was also a learning experience. I was able to, of course, make sure everything was okay. And I think everybody that had the interactions, you know, had, had a good uh, kind of taking away from it. But just being able to assess like, hey, where do you ultimately want to go? Quick cash is not important to me. I want people to just think of Teddy Baldassar and be like, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good, you know, a good guy. He's, he's thinking about his consumer. He's got high integrity and you know, he's trying to deliver products that people like. That, that's what I want people to perceive. I don't really care about, uh, you know, quick instant gratification. There's also a lot of like internet cred that came along with getting Aaron 
on Skype right after the movement video that he did. I feel like that was it might not yeah. be like turning point, but that was definitely one of those kind of like larger bullet points in the in the line. Yeah, I haven't really talked. To, I mean, I'll talk about this because I've. I mean, I'll, cause I think I haven't really even said anything. I didn't comment on that video whatsoever. I, I, I mean, I have nothing against Aaron. I mean, I've had Aaron on. I don't know what he thinks of me. I think he probably is a little mad with me, but um, I was very intrigued by the energy that he brought. I really thought he was going to come on and not try to go like say like, hey, it was all tongue in cheek and uh, in that kind of nature. I thought he was going to kind of play it off a little bit more and just kind of own up to it. So I came in with this very serious attitude because I need to. Because people were asking questions, and I was, of course, you know, thinking about this as well. Like, you know, as creators, like we're we're trying to find that fine line. Like, if we're going to be promoting a product, it all, it's a representation of all of us. Uh, so, I mean, I had to be tough. I represent a watch audience as well that I need to be tough, and I, of course, think as well that we need to hold ourselves to that standard. But, I mean, that that video is an eye-opening experience as well. I think just seeing like you know what you know how people react to putting things online and just <laughs> what can really uh, unfold because of it especially when you push a little bit more and kind of get in that uncomfortable space as content creators it's, it's interesting kind of what can take hold and i think uh, you guys probably know that as well if you put out any video that you know when you're thinking about like oh boy i don't know how people are going to react to this and you just put it out i mean it's interesting yeah, I think you commented. Mm-hmm. I I had a movement watch that I did a video on, like not sponsored, and people, <laughs> people hated that video. And I think you had commented, like, "Good for you for putting it out like this." But now Aaron has said he shouldn't have went on your channel, but he was like, "He's cool with you." So that was that's the only thing that uh, yeah. he's come up there. But I've texted you a few times in the past few months, kind of nudging <laughs> you about the movement video because I remember when you posted, you posted like a quick story while you were there. So like I knew you were there. And then, mm-hmm. um, like, now this this will come out after I already put my Alan Edmonds video, but I, I had in the back of my mind, I was like, I have to get this video done before Teddy because it it's the same thing where it's like there's just a huge project and, like, all these moving parts and everything. But then you put the trailer up, and I was that, that got me pretty jazzed. The internet seems very excited about it too. Yeah, and I think it's, it's another one of those videos like the Alpha M video where, you know, you have to be careful. You have to, you know, you, you have to really think about, you know, because people think it's a paid ad, which it's not. I, I mean, I reached out to them. The whole positioning of it, and this was basically a year in the making, was after the whole situation with, you know, the movements better than Rolex, so much talk. They were the peak of, like, everything on, on YouTube, at least from my space. And I'm like, you know, we should probably reach out. I reached out to Daniel Wellington. They denied it in some other fashion brands. But movement said yes. And I basically positioned it as, hey, if you look up your name on YouTube, there's all this crap about you. It's not going away. You might as well at least answer the questions directly and have a voice in this. Very similar to how I position without you know Alpha. And he all the all this criticism, give you an opportunity to respond. Like I think that's a very better it's a better way of doing it instead of hiding or not addressing the situation. I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, so just went in, it was all self-funded. We went out to LA. I, I was able to kind of piggyback on a on a trip for some other things I was doing out in the area, and it was all shot pretty quickly, but it's kind of come together in this like 45 minute piece that I've been sitting on for a long time. And it's incredible. I mean, it's out it's hundreds of hours of editing in reality, like that trailer alone, like that was like four separate sit downs, just working on it. Like, which is honestly sometimes even harder. I don't think people even realize how long things like that take. You guys probably do, but, um, but I mean, that's the whole position of it. I mean, I don't want to disclose kind of the, the end uh, results of it, but I mean, I think it'll be really interesting. I have some cameos with some other YouTubers, uh, kind of addressing questions, he responding to it. 
uh, you know, asking the specific questions and kind of looking at like the three major things and reasons why I think was, like movement was hated. And I kind of lay those out and then just try to get to the bottom of like, what, what do you guys have to say for that? And I look at their actual products and then, uh, you know, give my final thoughts at the end. So uh, that should be coming up. This will probably be out by the time this, this podcast goes up. So stay tuned. Well, without, without, since we don't know timing yet, without revealing too much, would you say that your experience meeting the folks behind movement uh, was sort of what you were expecting or did they surprise you in any way? For the products themselves, no. They're exactly what I thought they are and they, they are. Um, but I will say this, I, I did meet their CEO and I did meet some of their team and I, I will say that I think it'll be good for people to see like the actual people behind the organization. I think that will be something that in a lot of cases you just see these crap products, which I still believe they are crap products. Uh, but I think the story behind it and then also just the people themselves, I think, you know, it, it's good to at least see that side. I'm not saying that I support them in any way or with the product they're producing, but I think it, it'll provide a different side of the story. It's the heritage, Teddy. It's the heritage. Yeah. The, the heritage. <laughs> I, I, I do ask him directly, does uh, movement have better heritage than Rolex? So you'll have to stay tuned and see what he says. There you go. Check out the trailer. I also loved on the trailer. It's so it's so YouTube. It's it has the HD logo and like the trailer and everything. Like you leaned into it in a big way. I mean, if you think about it though, like it's also it's all it's 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 serious, but it's not serious. Like in terms of like what we're talking about, there's so many bigger things in the world than watches. Of course, for people like me who think about watches all the time, I'm posting about watches every day. Like it kind of consume you, and you can get really emotional about things. But if you just take a step back, you're like, yeah, there's there's a lot of like crazier things happening in the world, you know. <laughs> so I think you just have some fun with it a little bit was kind of my thought as well. So I was catching up on your Kevin O'Leary video this week between like him yeah. and producer Michael. Like what's what has been your favorite video that you've done uh, with with somebody like that? I think Kevin, I mean, Kevin was great. I mean, for one, I think he was just. He was just a fun personality. I mean, producer Michael was cool too. And that was more last minute. The Kevin O'Leary thing has been probably, I mean, it was like four or five months in the making. I did a response. He did a, posted a video about watches and watches investments. And I reached out to his producer. They were like, ah, yeah, I don't know if you want to do that. And then it was like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll post a response video because I have some things to say about that. So I did that, got a little more on his radar. And then what happened was it went like three months without saying anything. I get all these like ads about him being in Cleveland. And usually bigger, high, higher caliber people don't usually come into Cleveland. It's not like usually a stop for most people, but I keep seeing these ads while he's having a speaking event in town. So I'm like, Hey, we gotta make this work. So reach out again. And, uh, they said yes. And, uh, we were able to just pretty much an hour with them just sitting down, technically was standing up, just talking about some watches, but that was a lot of fun. I think the conversation was great. I enjoyed the business side of watches a lot. That's been something I've really just uh, gravitated toward in the last year or so and just learning about the industry, how watches are sold and uh, hearing from somebody like him, who's, you know, of course, achieved a lot of success in business. It is really interesting. And uh, I, he seems like he likes his watches too. I mean, I, I saw a lot of signs of, you know, he definitely put some time into you know, thinking about what he wants. Nice. Do you plan on doing more, more in that series or do you already have stuff in the pipeline? You know, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I get a lot of fun out of doing those. So I think that'll be something we'll definitely look into doing more in the future. I mean, that was great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I know for some people, like you have to always think about, like, you know, what's the right guest? Cause I mean, that can 
easily go the wrong way and how you're going to position the conversation. Like the Kevin one worked pretty well because we already had like this pre-existing uh, kind of bed of conversation that have went kind of back and forth in terms of watches and investments. So that was just pretty natural and just his background in business. It just made it easy. But uh, yeah, definitely. I think just certainly want to get more people on. It's just, you know, a matter of getting the right person and just you know, being thoughtful about it. Sure. Yeah. I want I wanted to go back to the uh, this draft for a second. Um, when we were talking about that, I, I was I, I wanted to ask like, you know, you're obviously doing you're like the epitome of like a modern business where you're kind of flipped on its head. So you you build an audience, find out what they want, and then make a product. You know, versus making a product then trying to go sell it, um, which is which is a very great um, and contemporary way to run a business. How was YouTube as a marketing channel? Like, did it meet your expectations? Like, were there sales from day one or was it enough of a marketing channel to, you know, to launch a watch trap business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think content, like, I mean, I guess you could say what we're doing is content marketing in a way. I don't like, I don't like seeing like my audience is like a means to an end, but like, I mean, position it that way. Like, certainly I think people have built up an affinity to me and like, I really put some thought into the, in the straps themselves. So when I was able to release it and make people known about them, yeah, it absolutely did, you know, I couldn't imagine selling something like a watch strap without having that pre-existing kind of funnel of people that it made sense to sell it to. Like how much harder that would be. Like think about if you had no audience and you're selling something at the core of it, it's just, it's leather. That's why all it's these leather. brands really like nothing. pump so much money into Instagram and Facebook ads. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think what you guys have, I mean, what we have and have the ability to do, we're like, we're blessed to do it. It's, it's amazing that people care about listening to what we have to say. Like that's amazing to me. So Absolutely. It definitely certainly worked. And, uh, you know, it, it was kind of almost humbling to, to have it have happen that way. The real question is how uh, much did sales move when you did the ad with Courtney? Oh, that the ads work. The ads work for sure. <laughs> the ads definitely work. I'll just say that. Um, those worked. I did a stupid little like meme ad, but like <laughs> as I was doing, I was like, Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't have this become like my brand. I, I don't want to be that, but it, it was fun. You know, I, and it also was another, like going back to Brock's question, like, does it move the needle? Like, yeah, I can, I can see why brands pay for advertising, you know, like actually seeing that direct from the back end, like how that actually had an impact or at least even driving traffic. Crazy. It's actually crazy. So it is, it was, that was funny. And you also partnered with Bob's Watches, which I think has gotten your, yeah. it's given you a lot of access to, to brands and things. Was that something that, that you were looking to do as partner with a big brand or were they smart enough to look at the content and say, hey, we need to work with this guy? So I think, I mean, it was kind of, I mean, actually the CEO, uh, Paul, reached out to me on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm, I'm always like an opportunist. Like if I think something that makes sense, I'll, I'll definitely uh, entertain it. For that one, there really was, I, I don't know if there's any specific thing he was like alluding to and when he reached out, but it was more just like, Hey, like we should connect. And then as we connected, we're like, all right, well, I think there's probably ways that we can usually, you know, help each other for on my end, like getting access to incredibly rare Rolex watches. Like that's, that's awesome. Like that's fantastic. And other pieces uh, that really helps source the contents. Cause I think for a lot of it, like, you know, for me, it was early on, like I was, kind of limited to talking about the watches that I was able to have an ability to have my hands on. You know, I, I can always talk about the really high end stuff because especially for where I'm at, just generally geographically, like I don't have like a ton of authorized dealers by me that sell all these different brands. So just having that in was really beneficial. And then of course, I mean, I've per I mean, this watch I purchased from them. So, I mean, I, 
I, mean, I, I think they have a good company. I mean, they, they do a really good job. So I just felt like whenever you can find that mutually beneficial relationship and it just makes sense for everybody involved, it makes sense for the audience. They're getting better content. It makes sense for me because I can get access to diff- different watches and it makes sense for them because, hey, it's, you know, it's a good ability to just get the word out about their brand. I think it's just a win all around. That was just kind of my thought about it. Yeah, one of my uh, weekly rituals is to go to Bob's and type in Rolex one one four two seven zero and just see what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I do that too. I do that too. I'm always looking. I've, I've stopped kind of the shopping around as of right now. I've been trying to simmer it down over the past year or so because I went a little crazy starting out. Mm-hmm. Which which watch other than the Explorer? Uh, which which watch have you got on loan for uh, for content and then have had the hardest time sending back? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, okay, I know, I know which one. It was um, a JLC Master Ultra Thin Moon in gold. It was, ama- it was just an amazing watch. It was $17,000. I, I, wore, I just cool. wore it. I was <laughs> like, I was like this, thing is, this thing is awesome. All the, all the JLCs are fantastic. Um, i trying to think what else. And actually, for a more affordable piece that I... I have right now, and I have a video coming out. Uh, I have two pairs of Zen 556s. They're just great watches. You know, they're around a thousand dollars. They're not. I mean, they're still you know, good chunk of uh, cash for somebody that's not into watches, but like relatively attainable in comparison to the whole world of watches. Those are great. I, I love those watches. I, I, I mean, honestly, would consider maybe even getting one of those for myself at some point. I owned a Zen in the past, but those are other ones that I'm like, eh. You know, it has me thinking, and kind of almost. I don't, I don't want to send these back. Along yeah. those lines, which brands yeah. in the last year have you developed a greater appreciation for that you didn't necessarily? I wouldn't say that I didn't necessarily have an appreciation, but I didn't have a full appreciation of this brand. That's Vacheron. I think Vacheron, I mean, of course, going to their facility was one thing, but and just learning about the history. And I, so I went on this tour. I was invited to go on this tour. There's other people on the tour with me. So that was a challenge, of course, when recording that video. Like I had to do a lot of voiceover stuff, so a production angle. Um, people were just, you know, hey, hey, it should have been so much longer, but like, it was just, it was kind of like, I didn't want to get in the way of other people on the tour and it was kind of last minute. Um, but going on that tour to seeing the, for one, the history, I mean, they're the longest consecutive, just continual operation of any watch manufacturer since 1755. That's incredible to me uh, out of all the amazing brands out there and just the construction that goes into their pieces. Like it, it was amazing. And just seeing how people that are literally just fans of Vacheron. So think about something you're incredibly passionate about. Like the idea, like I'm very passionate about watches. I'm very passionate about sports. Imagine having that all directed towards one brand. There are people that literally just eat, they'll have like an Instagram Instagram account and all they post is Vacheron. Just to see that there are people out there that can have that level of appreciation for one brand, like something like that. Like imagine if there's just an Alan Edmonds Instagram account and they just posted shoes about Alan Edmonds. I mean, I think that just goes to show the level of just, depth in that brand and what they can offer and just seeing the process and what they do and constructing their uh, their pieces and their history gain so much more respect for them i i vacheron is now on my list um you know in the far far future just given their price but um on my list to definitely get one in the future because they're, they're just fabulous watches and a fabulous company were there were there any brands that you maybe hadn't had experience with and then after you did you were like eh like <laughs> they're okay um trying to think i mean or do you appreciate them all <laughs> i mean i mean the, the thing the thing about that is is like and i, I know people say this about my channel like oh teddy you've never like you always say like a lot of positive things about watches but like 
I get reached out to all the time about watch brands. Like every single, if you're, if you're a brand that's actually featured on my channel, you've already went through a ton of screening to even get to that point. There's a, there's a reason why it's, uh, you know, I'm saying, you know, these are really nice. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that there's anything else. I mean, behind the scenes, yes, there's plenty of brands that, you know, and I won't disclose a name, but I mean, that I just see come on my table, like on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm like, eh, nope, can't do that. So, uh, but nothing, nothing really jarring, to be honest. There's nothing really jarring. I mean, there's been, there's been like specific watches that I'm like, oh man, that looks better in photos. Like, um, like for me, like, I mean, I, li I like the Tudor Ranger a lot. I just had one of those on, but there's like certain little aspects about watches that like, uh, they just don't necessarily translate over into like being able to wear uh, overall. But there's no really brand specifically like that. I was like, oh no, that's horrible. It's just like little subtle things with a watch where it like doesn't work for me or things that like you know, stand out uh, that maybe like before trying them on, you're like, yeah, that could probably work. But I also have limited real estate on my wrist and it's usually like little small things that just kind of get in the way of that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I, I can't even imagine how many brands must reach out to you. I get hit up by watch brands all the time. I'm not even a watch specific channel, you know. There's so many, man. There's so many. I don't like, and people ask me all the time, like, what do you think about this brand? Like, they keep popping up. Like, I don't know. Like, if you go on my Instagram comments, there's probably a new question every day. Hey, Teddy, what do you think about this brand? Like, dude, I've never heard of that brand. I don't know what that is. Like, and somebody I'm once said that there right were 7,000 brands just in Switzerland. And I was like, based on my email, I could see that. I don't know. But, that's I felt that way about clothes. I thought I could cover like all the clothing brands, and it's like every day I'm like I've I've never heard of this brand. I have no idea. Oh, I'm sure mm -hmm. it's worse for worse for clothing. It's got it has to be worse worse. Yeah, but you get some really nice. I mean, you could do a really good Gmail filter on all these watches that come out of China because if you just look <laughs> Cooperation or uh, there's like there's all these like words that they use in these yeah. emails that it can trigger it. I I just changed my I just changed my email if I need to at this point because I'm just like. Ugh, like yeah, I, I, I used to get flooded. Just get flooded. So I just added more screening on the email, just so people can't just just reach out to me all the time. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, there are some uh, really interesting micro brands, which it's almost like since the, the the water is so muddied, it must be tough. Like if you're trying to do it the right way, people will kind of lump you in. So like, oh, it's just some new new fashion watch brand. But there are you know a lot of micro brands who really are passionate and they're trying to make something valuable and, and something with good build quality um so it is kind of interesting to see it, it will be interesting to see what's actually around in five years you know yeah and there's there's been a big boom and just the microbrand community i think it, it i always compare it to like like microbreweries like like ton of like microbreweries is popping up like everybody's in, everybody's just making their own beer i mean now people in this little community and it's the same kind of niche like they're just creating their own watches and uh you know it's it's hard to break through the noise because it's very similar to when you're selling like a watch strap, it, you're selling a commodity until the brand means something. You're not really right. sitting on an asset for like, like if you have no preconceived, nobody has any idea who your brand is. And I think this is true for anything. Any investment in inventory is not really truly an asset. It's, it's just simply just cost of goods. And you're, <laughs> you're just sitting on it until you get enough ability to be known and break out of obscurity where, it actually starts to mean something and have value to it. Cause at that mm -hmm. point, I mean, the market can say whatever they want about it. In most mm -hmm. cases they say nothing and they don't buy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so, so what's up with you guys? You guys, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I flip around the questions at you. Is that something you, I'm allowed to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't think we've ever had a guest ask, ask us what's up with us. <laughs> 
Is that new? Is that new? It is new. I mean, I, I, actually, I, I think we both have a lot going on. John, well, John just had another baby. Well, his wife had another baby. Yeah, next three months. <laughs> next three months. What's the biggest thing for both of you that's coming up? I, I don't know if I, if I told you this. We haven't talked in a while, but I'm moving to New York. And, um, yeah, I actually just got a place. So I'll be there, like, end of September. So, yeah, that'll, yeah. Be, that'll be cool. Yeah, really soon, really soon. So I, last time I was up there, I went to the uh, the Grand Seiko uh, boutique, and whew, I'm gonna vi- I'm gonna be visiting that place regularly because those are nice. <laughs> yeah, I went I went to it in Beverly Hills. Grand Seiko's great. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the big news with me. And then what's, what's going on? I mean, John, you just had some big news. So yeah, well, listeners can't see, but. Rock the studio tour he just did. This whole place is empty right now. Like it looks, yeah, looks yeah. barren. He's got to escape out of there. Yeah, we had <laughs> uh, we had a baby on the thirtieth of July, so one month ago. It's my first week back in the studio, and I'm headed to Italy to do a factory tour of a heritage woolen mill and do a couple of videos on that nice. in September. And so, yeah, next three months, it's it's like that, and just getting back in the groove of uh, making more videos. Nice man, nice. Yeah. I feel like I just caught you guys off guard. I just asked a question, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, we're like, we whoa, We ask whoa. the questions here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sit back. I'll sit back. No, more no it's actually, it, it's it's a good segue, because usually we're kind of our, our our last question is like, what are you, you know, with what you can reveal, what are you really excited about with, with either your life or your business in the next, say, 6 to 12 months? Well, I don't want to disclose everything, but I do have version 2 of the website, and it will be much bigger than anything I've probably ever done before. It's been about 12 months in the making. Um, yeah, less, I mean, it's in development. It's a big ordeal, you know, it's a big ordeal. So I think that'll be big. It should be around holiday season. That should go live. And of course, just the movement stuff. I think for me too, is just like thinking about content like that. Um, how can you be memorable? Like for me, it's just, because it, it's really easy to get really complacent and just think about the next video. Um, so I think for me, it's just like, of course, you have to just keep getting content out, but what are some meaningful pieces that people remember? You know, I think people will remember this movement documentary. People remember the Alpha M interview. Um, and of course, you know, I, I don't want to piss anybody off, but it just kind of happens as, as a byproduct of it sometimes. But, um, you know, I think those are kind of things I'm excited about, just doing more content like that and then version two of the website. Nice. And will, and will the, the new website, it will be... That's version two for content and the shop and everything. It's the whole deal. Yep. Mostly the shop. It's mostly okay. going to be a shop. Uh, I'll say that. Um, there still will be a good content, like learning aspect to it. Um, so it, it'll, it'll, it'll be built upon kind of the shop e-commerce site, but it's all built upon kind of this learning, learning dynamic of, about watches and kind of making it very digestible for people. So uh, probably a version one that'll be going live of that V2. So what we call that V2 version 2.1 will go then and then probably in the spring we'll have another kind of uh addition of it that will kind of build upon that core awesome it's exciting yeah yeah no it's it's been a grind guys it's been a grind but it's a lot of fun man it's (laughs) it's crazy last year has been insane it's been insane i think i I actually listened to the podcast that we did last year and just put things in context i think i was at like seven thousand subscribers you know like it's just insane like i mean (laughs) just how how things just can change so quickly, you know? Like, it, it really is insane. Well, at what point did you go uh, full-time? Because I think actually last time we spoke, you were... Yeah, I was not. You were working with a startup, right? Yeah. Yep, I was not full-time. I was transitioning jobs. 
Um, I ultimately started going full time in December of last year. December of last year. So, uh, and by that, I just I just quit my job. I just basically I just quit my job and just, you know, just went. You know, and a lot of it right now is just you know, hiring people, getting things together. I mean, I, I'm just basically. I think a lot of people too. There's like a like a big thought like, oh, like you know, Teddy's just getting all this money. He's just paying himself. Like, but no, it's. I mean, website. This website's. I mean, it costs. This thing's ridiculous. It costs multiples of my car. It's uh, getting this camera equipment, getting, you know, p- providing for three other people that are, you know, working full time on this. Like, I, I want to do this right. I want to do this right in everything I do. And I want to be, um, you know, successful beyond me. Because if you can't, for me, like, if I have to sacrifice, like, my time and I become a slave to my own work, like, I think it's it's not ultimately what I want. I, I want kind of freedom to express myself fully. And I want people that I can, you know, you know help with that mission, help with that mission and believe in something that we're creating. So um, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thought process and everything I'm doing, but I, you know, last year, but I'm blessed to do it, man. So thankful for everybody that's just been believing in me and just watching the content, enjoying it. I think, you know, we've been able to strike a chord with some people out there and that's, it's just awesome. It's really reassuring. It's great, man. Yeah. Very inspiring. And we'll have to check in with you again next year. And by then who knows where you'll be. <laughs> who knows, man? Who knows? No idea but just going to keep going day by day and just thinking about where we ultimately want to go, you know? Awesome. All right. Yeah, man. Well, good luck to you. And and we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on your progress and hopefully talk to you soon. Sweet. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the buttoned up podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of the Cavalier and Brock McGough of modest man. And we'll see you next week.